I have not been this excited over a film in any real authentic way in such a long time. Now, I went in only seeing the trailer, and unlike 95% of other trailers, this one gives you no idea what's going to happen. The film is Parasite, and it has racked up a ton of positive press from Cannes all the way to the Toronto International Film Festival and beyond. This is the first full Korean film in nearly 10 years for Korean director Junho Bong. We're talking about a 10-minute standing ovation at Cannes. You will recognize this director from his other works, including Okja, Snowpiercer, and The Host, to name a few. This film is a mind fuck. Such a mind fuck. <laughs> in the best way. You don't even need a drink to watch this. I mean, I totally did have a drink, <laughs> but you know what I mean. She's Kaylee, I'm Tuesday, and this is Whiskey and Popcorn. is so hard to describe without giving anything away. Yeah, because it starts right away with some spoilers if you do it right. So we're going to stay purposely vague on the plot of this film, just so we don't spoil any of the juicy twists and turns. But I think we can say at its core, this is a story about the rich and poor, the divide between them, social classes. Think of it as very Karl Marx and really a social commentary that can be interpreted on such a universal level. Most cultures can absolutely relate to rich versus poor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this, I mean, I feel like it's a very now film in particular as the gap between rich and poor just gets wider and wider across first world countries, let alone second or third world. It's going to hit home, I think, for a lot of people. So... Just a little bit on the characters here. We have the Kim family, who is entirely unemployed. There's the son, the daughter, the mother, and the father. And they all end up taking an interest in this glamorously wealthy family, the Parks. Now, the Kims insinuate themselves into the Parks' home as hired staff. And they are very much like con artists in the way they get hired. One lie to get an initial tutoring gig begets another lie to get another family member in, and so on and so on. The film has multiple twists and turns, and, you know, I didn't pull a good clip from this because it's all in Korean, but I highly recommend you guys go out there and just watch the trailer. It's fantastic. Now, the tone in this film changes several times throughout uh, but I think on the whole, it's safe to say this is a very dark comedy. And I found it hysterically funny, but also very smart. And that's a real trademark of Bong's movies. He is always socially and morally conscious. Like you could just think of Okja, for example, with that was the giant pig, if you want to call it movie, that's you could see it on Netflix. But that was about the meat industry and slaughtering animals. Snowpiercer, again, it deals with class, um, and I think also, you know, a bit of climate change, global warming. That's the one with the train going around the world. The world's been iced over. And he's very well known for having some underlying social commentary, 
with all of his films. And he also has some very interesting camera work as well as juxtaposition for this film in particular. The concept of light versus dark, high versus low, and things of that nature. And, and it's very easy to see these themes. If anything, I find it very difficult to narrow this down to one topic or one genre because it was hilarious at times. Sometimes it was heartbreaking. And other times it was so suspenseful that I was gripping at my seat thinking what is going to happen next. Right, and I loved how I had no idea what was gonna happen. Every time I think I figured out where it was going, it would flip a corner and like, there's another door. And we're gonna open that door and it's a completely different thing. It was so crazy. I have never been on a roller coaster like this uh, in years. And you know what, I love the whole getting back to the camera work on this film. Mm -hmm. Running through my head a lot, I was getting like, uh, Bong is almost like the Wes Anderson of Korea in the fact that he's very specific on how his camera moves, what shots they're taking. There's a beautiful scene where the Kim family, the parasites, if you will, are going back to their home and it's pouring rain and they're going down the stairs because the, the city's very hilly. And the camera's traveling through, following them from up to down. And you see all the telephone pole wires crisscrossing it, cutting through the scene. And it's like this horrible, obnoxious yellow street light lights the scene and you got the water running that's sparkling and catching the light and it's like all this gold flowing down into this cesspool as it floods out all the rain floods out everybody's homes and it was just like stunning shots like that were incredible and then you you can contrast that with the parks home which was very neat and tidy and, and modern, bright bright mm -hmm. clean um and minimal colors too like you know that we're gonna have dark wood and metallic silvers and like white. Yeah. Because every rich person seems to have white everywhere. Because I guess they can afford to clean all the white in but their that, house. But that's what's obvious when he's talking about the us versus them and the rich versus poor. So let me lay this out for you. There's the Kim family and they're basically at the lowest of the lowest part of town. We're talking, there's a few bars around and the drunks actually go and, and pee above where they are. That is how low they are in this town. And then you have the parks who are high up to the point where when this storm happens, the Kim family gets completely flooded out. While the next day we hear the, the matriarch of the park family talk about how, oh, that little bit of rain will make it great for the party today. And you just see that complete opposite lifestyle where one says, oh, the rain was lovely, while another family lost all of their possessions and their home. And it's just playing off of that all the time. And you do that with the high and the low and, and the bright and the dark. And it's so obvious, but at the same time, it never felt like it was in my face. Yeah. What, what he was trying to convey with the film. And I think that's true in maybe a lot of his films, where you're very aware of where, where the commentary is, but it's not distracting from the storytelling. It just blends seamlessly with that. So I, I don't feel browbeaten by this. No soapbox involved. No preaching. No. To that point, what makes that work is that um, the Kims, 
the, who get hired by the Park family, they're not perfect. Like what they're doing a lot of the times in this film is very wrong and very questionable. So it's not to say that, you know, if you're poor, you're always evil. If you're rich, you're always good. Or if you're the rich guy, you're always going to be the bad guy and disconnected. And because you're poor, you're, you're more aware. Like they really blend like the morals. The wife of the Park family, the rich ones, like she's an airhead, but it's like through no fault of her own. Like I never thought of her as like she's a bubble-headed, bleach blonde idiot type of person, but she is wealthy and she's just unaware and that's not her fault. Right, while she is rude in all sense and purpose, she's also very well-meaning. You know, I earnest, I want, very earnest. I want my kids to have the best that they can. And I want, you know, I want you guys to be happy and comfortable. And would you like food? And, and, you know, so when she's being rude, most of the time, I don't think she has any idea that she is. Right. And so that, you know, there's a lot of aspects of the Park family, which are very enjoyable. And they each have their own unique personalities and, and you get to know them a lot as well. And then, you know, there's times where you kind of feel like you're rooting for the Kim family, and then other times you're like, God, they're like, they're really being mean to this rich family, and they're like really abusing their street smarts. And it, it it's kind of tough to know who you're rooting for. Right? And I feel like nobody wins at the end of this film at all. Like, it just goes downhill for everybody. And yet you can't stop laughing. No, not at all. Um, I do want to point out that I really loved Kim's sister. So uh, her name is, and pardon my Korean, because it's not very good. And this will also make it confusing. It's So Dam Park, and she plays Kim Ki-jun. Okay, hope, yeah, you got that. You got I that, hope sure. that's correct. <laughs> I don't know if it's Ki-jun or Ki-young, but um, mm-hmm. forgive me, Korea, for butchering your language. I'm so sorry. But... Um, she plays such an interesting character. I feel like she's the smartest one of the Kim family. She's able to put on any persona at any moment. And yet, like, her highest priority are her cigarettes, which she has hidden away at home. Like, she's just on for the ride. Like, master manipulator. She would have been perfect in Ocean's 8. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I really loved her. And then also, the guy who plays the son... Uh, so Kim Ki-woo is the character name, and the actor is Woo Sik Choi. And I just thought he was also, well, A, he was really good looking. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Now we know. But I also, like, enjoyed his character arc because he is a little bit bumbling at first and then, like, is full into it, full into the con of the Park family. And I'm like, that was, like, a complex role to play. Oh, yeah. And he totally pulled it off. I think I think anyone who goes out and sees it there you're really going to like that character development cuz there's there's a lot of aspects where you you really understand all of the characters despite the fact that there isn't necessarily one that highlights the entire film they all have really great equal playing fields of time absolutely well I think that's pretty much all we can say yeah I mean I don't know if we've really conveyed this yet but we can't really find flaws in this this might be in the running for both of our favorite films of the year oh hands down and i just i don't think we've conveyed how incredibly amazing this film is we've we've talked about it and we've 
we've told you our likes and our lack of flaws, but when it really comes down to it, this film is exquisite. I am rooting for this film to win Best Foreign Film from the Oscars. Like, it's already picked up so many awards. It's very deserving to win an Oscar and a Golden Globe and all the things. I just, yeah, go see it. Yes, please. You know, if if you're local, I know that it has been picked up by Camel View, and I'll keep an eye out on Shea 14 for you. But this is worth going to Camel View and seeing. I know that sometimes it's like, oh, well, it's it's a hard film to see because it's only playing in one theater or or the time's off, but like, make this happen, please. Yes, absolutely. And on that note, I want to drink to this movie. Sure. So I went traditional, and I wanted some soju. Now, for those who don't know, it's a colorless distilled beverage. It is cheap. I mean, like, sometimes water costs more than this does. Uh, It is found almost everywhere in Korea. I'm talking, like, including McDonald's. That's awesome. I know. (laughs) And it's meant to be drunk when you want to get truly wasted. Like the tequila of Korea. Totally, yeah. And if... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's it's sort of like sake where it's like a rice-based, rice wine, Correct. essentially. And if you're not going to be mixing it with anything, it's highly recommended to have a flavored one because it's really boring Ugh, if you don't. It's harsh. It's yeah. kind of like vodka, maybe, yeah. in that respect. Totally, yeah. <laughs> well, I also went with a soju drink, and there are many fun cocktails. I spent way too much time today looking at <laughs> soju cocktails going, I want that, I want that. But I found one because um, I found this one. It's fun to say, and that's why I'm going with it more than what's in it. It's a Sol Hito. <laughs> of course it is. Sol Hito, <laughs> um, which is got pomegranate, ginger juice, and soju. Super simple. Sol Hito. Make it happen. I mean, really, do you need anything else? That sounds amazing. I My life is now complete. <laughs> Of course, you can find us on on the usual places online, whiskeyandpopcorn.org, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we promise to break down all the films without spoilers on all of our episodes. Don't miss one by subscribing. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>